What up, everybody? B. Mitch and Finley, 106.7 The Fan. It is 10 a.m. in the District of Columbia, points north, south, east, and west. Busy morning, Brian. Good morning. How do you do? Good, brother. What's happening with you? I am chilling, man. Uh, good, productive morning. Walk the dog. Like a villain on the island? Uh, nah, just like a regular person, <laughs> I would say. Just just like a regular person. <laughs> Oh, boy, you really did not sound cool right there. <laughs> I, I, I would argue that saying chilling chilling like a villain in the year 2023 isn't cool either. Uh, I think it's depending on who says it. You say, oh, no, I feel like a regular person. I'm just chilling like a dude. I'm just <laughs> – I, I am Jeff Bridges in the Big Lebowski. Just chilling like a dude. I got you. Um, obviously, I'd argue some major news this morning. I want to talk ownership this morning. Um, I, I do want to point this out. Grant just texted me. I think he just broke some news. Um, commanders are hiring Bobby Ingram as the new wide receivers coach. Okay. Um, per Paul, Grant Paulson, he says, Eric Bieniemy makes an important hire to his developing staff. Ingram was a good NFL player before getting into coaching. Previously was wide receivers and tight ends coach in Baltimore and was on Wisconsin Badgers staff last year. Uh I'm going to quickly try to remember my file on Bobby Ingram. I think he played at Penn State. Does that sound right? Sounds familiar. Let's see. Bobby Ingram, boom. Penn State drafted in the second round by the Bears in 96. Uh, Let's see what his career was like. That Bears went to a Super Bowl somewhere in the early 2000s, right? And then he was on the Seahawks. He probably won a ring with the Seahawks. When was that? Legion of Boom Super Bowl. Uh, no, that would have been later because Russ wasn't even drafted until 2012. But he could have been on that Seahawks team that went to a Super Bowl, lost to the Steelers. 14-year um, NFL career, eight in Seattle, five with the Bears, right one, out, one with the Chiefs. I, I like when the wide receivers coach is a former NFL wide receiver. Mm-hmm. He, he was listed at 5'10", 190. People listen to him. They'll, they'll give him a little bit more respect up front. Yeah, he, he, it come, you don't need to give less. There's less benefit of the doubt because you know he's done it. Yeah, I think it's, that's true. But then again, you get the you get the benefit up front without the, the, the hassle. Yeah. But then you, you still got to prove you're good at what you do. Our guys will question the hell out of you. Uh, so there's some news. Wide receiver coach. Um, hire for the commanders. Uh, the, the biggest news this morning, I want to get into our poll question. I want to get into a lot of things without trying to perhaps toot our own horn, Brian, but for, I'd say the last month, six weeks, and especially last week, as ownership news started flying hot and heavy mm-hmm. and there's conflicting reports and, and all sorts of different reports, you and I have maintained that this thing is moving. Oh, yeah. And you're talking about a multi-billion dollar transaction. Multi, multi. These are complex transactions. Very Think about so. just buying a house. You need to buy a house, call our guy John Leahy, right? Mm-hmm. You know what Leahy does? He tries to simplify the process for you as much as possible. But anybody that's bought a house knows. It's not simplified. Nah, man. Just, just the All sto- the damn permits and everything else. Think Especially about, if you're building it. Think about how many 
documents you have to send to the mortgage people before you even know how much they'll loan you, right? I mean, just that step is you got to gather like 15 documents in your blood sample. I went from liking the guy to wanting to beat him up to never want to speak to him again to he's my dude still. And the whole that. process. Right. Like, that's <laughs> what the process is he like. like. He said, look, don't get mad at me. They're asking me for stuff. I'm like, what the hell is going on, man? I said, I thought this thing was about to go. But you have to find all this. And some stuff, man, like, am I? I don't know where the hell that stuff at. Correct. So, and that's just you, Brian Mitchell, buying a house. So imagine the process of buying an NFL team and throw in the wild card of Dan Snyder and all the allegations. Yep. So this is going to be a complex process. And then there's this assumption that Bezos, 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 at some point he's going to come in, he's willing to pay this Dan Snyder tax because they don't want to sell it to him, blah, 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 blah. When you have – But that's people that just want to think that because I don't think you have said it, I've said it. Really, I listen to a lot of shows. I don't think anybody just said, oh, yeah, it's going to be Bezos. I think his fans saw he had the money, and they automatically assume he's going to win it. Totally. And, and I think when you have— But they'll blame you. When you have <laughs> something—when you have a person like Dan, who is a lightning rod, deservedly, but he's a complete lightning rod. Yep. And then you have somebody that's as famous as Rich— as mysterious as Jeff Bezos, you have a constant thirst for information and you have people out there. Think about the amount of people out there adjacent or even tangentially involved Yeah, that can realistically call a reporter and say, hey, I've got information. That reporter can vet the information a website, a newspaper, whatever, can then come up with a headline. All of these reports are so flimsy, man. It's always if this, then that, possibly, yeah. potentially. I think the very good reporters will vet it. But I think to the, in this day and age, you can't stay very good by a lot of people because I think they just want to be the first to put it out there. And I think that's where the news cycle has gone, which gives us a lot of BS. But we, we're, we're talking about a well-funded misinformation campaign, I think that thing is starting to a lot coming from a different area to make people just think, oh, there's going to be problems. When I think this thing is as good as done. Nothing's done till it's done. Now, I'm think, not saying it's done, but I'm thinking it's going in the direction where it's going to be done. What, what has happened throughout this process is things that possibly make sense have been assumed to be the finish line. Right? Mm -hmm. For example, the Washington Post reported, and I have zero doubt in the reporting. Zero. Let me be clear. Zero. The Washington Post reported Jeff Bezos has looked at Allen and company about possibly acquiring an NFL team. Mm -hmm. Now, let's be clear how ambiguous that language is about possibly acquiring, looking at. There's no cash on the table. If you ever watch The Wire, I want drugs on the table. There's no cash on the table, right? But the the report says he's looking at it. But you know what? The report never said the deal is done. And I think that's our wanting for more information to make us assume. 
Not to mention more than one NFL team, man. Mm-hmm. Maybe you start the process now for a team in the Pacific Northwest that comes for sale in a year. Mm-hmm. Or a team in Southern California that comes for sale in two years. But it never rains there. Or maybe, Brian, you're an East Coast guy and something might pop up on the East Coast that nobody's expecting. A situation may occur where you you may be the front runner and they may want you. I'll, I'll tell you East Coast teams that aren't getting sold. Jets, Giants, Pats. The Bills count as East Coast. They're Western New York. They're still East. Eagles. You don't think the Bills count as East Coast landfill? What would you call them? It's still New York. Basically Canada. What would you call Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh? <laughs> is Pittsburgh on the East Coast? No. So what is the it's dividing nowhere line? Near the the coast. Appalachian Mountains? Yeah. If you're west of the Appalachians, you're, you don't qualify as East Coast? You should be near the coast to be an East Coast team. What about Charlotte? No. What about Atlanta? Mm, no. I do think the East Coast kind of stops at D.C. Yeah. I think south of D.C. becomes the south. Yes. Yeah. Even though North Carolina and Georgia are on the East Coast. They're a little more central than you think. Parts of North Carolina are on the beach. <laughs> that, that's, that's not that's central. East Coast. <laughs> that, that's a fact. <laughs> Charlotte is a little further west. I, You know what? I don't know. But just because, like... If Bezos is examining the Washington Post as a business asset, doesn't mean he's doing it because Dan Snyder's forcing him to buy the commanders. So that I, may, there's so many jumps not, to conclusions. That may be what somebody wants you to think to make themselves look better in this whole situation. Uh, my guy, Hassan Mosser, might have a good idea, B. And you probably have a more direct line than me. Maybe we need to connect the Snyders with John Leahy to sell that $50 million house in Potomac. Hmm. He's got 10,000 buyers yeah. in waiting. Might take a few of them together to get it, but <laughs> all 10,000 chip you can get it done. <laughs> so, the big news today. The big news today. Adam Schefter, Brian. Mhm. You familiar with Adam Schefter's work? Yeah. Who would you say is the most wired-in NFL reporter. I'd go with Schefter. I'd go with Schefter. And let's let's think back for a minute. When he says stuff, I normally un- I know somebody in a high position told him something. Let's think back for a little bit, Landfill, if you don't mind. Um, when is the last time Tanya or Dan, Tanya or Dan, the co-CEOs of the Commanders? When is the last time one of them spoke with a reporter, took questions, had a conversation with a reporter? In a while. Landfill, anything? No, it was when they sat down with uh, Adam. Sure was. He was throwing softballs. Tanya Snyder did Adam Mm -hmm. Schefter's podcast. Underhand high soft. Sure. There's a relationship there. Mm -hmm. Schefter... Best I can tell, hasn't touched any of the reporting surrounding the sale of the Commanders. If there is something, remind me. I'm sure you will on on Twitter. <clears throat> At J.P. Finley, NBCS. Fire away. Tell me I'm an idiot. Schefter, this morning, 8.40 a.m. 
I had just gotten out of the shower. It was before I got this nice, clean shave. You like this shave, B? It's a good-looking shave. You could say it. Dudes helping dudes. Come on. Man, tell, go on tell us what you're talking about. What do you think about my shave? I don't. Jeff, can you at least compliment <laughs> my shave? I don't think about it. I got to tape a show tonight. I think it's a good shave. You look 30 years younger, Jeff. My guy, Jeff Walker. Thank you. You kept that thing high that other chin. Adam Schefter, 8.40 this morning. Pay attention, folks. D.C. billionaire Mitchell Rails is partnering with Josh Harris in their attempt to buy the Washington Commanders, per league source. Rails is the co-founder of the Danaher Corporation, D.C.'s largest company. I'm from here, B. You've been here 30 years. Mm-hmm. You think this dude's getting in there just to play patty cake? Rails? Yeah. No. Nope. Listen, listen, man. Billionaires, they like expensive toys and have assets. And then also, a lot of them are unknown. A lot of them like to be able to say that's mine. Becoming the owner of an NFL team gives you a lot of cachet. That could be it. A lot of them got that, that they got money that they can play with. How about this? Speaking of money they can play with, you used to work at WTEM, the mm-hmm. Team 980. You know that Mitchell Rails and his brother founded the first all-sports radio station, WTEM 980? Hmm. They bought the station from whatever it used to be and flipped it to sports. Wow. Sounds Visionaries. Like he, sounds like he has an interest in sports. Visionaries. I called a few people this morning that work in business in D.C., that work in the money world. Because mm-hmm. I know a lot of things about this city. I don't know the money world. I just try to make sure there's a little bit in my pocket. But the key is to know people that know things. There you go. How do words like operational excellence sound? I'm sure if I'm an entity and if somebody wants to come in, I want somebody that has that. If I'm an owner right now and I'm looking for some new owners to come in, I want them to have operational excellence. How about this? My boy, Brian, I don't know much about anything. My, I had a guy tell me, just look up their stock chart. He said, nobody has delivered more for their investors than this company. In 1983, they opened and it was 80 cents. In October of 2021, it was worth 300 bucks. Like just as a, just just as a chart, does that look pretty good? It looked like Evil Knievel is about to jump over something. <laughs> yeah, it looks like a <laughs> ski ramp. Yeah, I mean you got a long got a long ramp to build up and then jump the Grand Canyon. There you go. The founders, Stephen Rails and Mitchell Rails, according to the internet. Mitchell Rails worth about $6 billion. His brother, Stephen Rails, worth about eight. Now, Schefter's saying it's just Mitch. I imagine the Rails brothers would be in this together. These are D.C. guys. Mm-hmm. They, they went to Whitman. Now, as a proud and D.C. And I think a lot of people in this area that, that are trying to get involved, they want to bring the pride of this franchise back to this area. 
They know what it used to be. Well, and more than that, Brian, basically what the, this company has done over the years, and listen, man, I, I nobody makes billions without probably screwing some people along the way. That, that's business. Business is cutthroat. Mm-hmm. So is the football business. So give me the guys that make the money. They create value for distressed companies. What on earth do we have here in Washington, Brian? Distressed companies. So you're telling me, Josh Harris. $178.68 billion is what the network of Danaher is. Pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good, B. <laughs> you're telling me you've got a guy in Josh Harris, owns the Sixers, owns the Devils, owns Crystal Palace. Mm-hmm. Lanville, give me a give me a status check on Crystal Palace. Where are they in the in the table over there? Here's what I know about the Sixers. Middle, middle of the pack. Okay. Um, Sixers are 21 games over 500. Have James Harden and Joel Embiid, and I think are a realistic finals team. Mm-hmm. I don't think they can win it, but they're they're right there. I don't know much about the New Jersey Devils. Crystal Palace is 12th out of 20. 12th out of 20. Mm. Is that, have they gone up or down? Were they bad before? I I don't know. My Crystal Palace knowledge is pretty slim. I think they're they're Jim Zorn in it. They're basically staying medium. Staying medium. 9 and 10. I can tell you this. Our Washington Capitals have 68 points this season. You know how many points the New Jersey Devils have? How many? 88. Caps have won 31 games. How many wins do you think the Devils got? 39. 41. Josh Harris knows how to build sports teams. And listen, before the people tweeting me the flaws these people have, I get it, man. Everybody's going to have flaws. Nobody's going to be perfect. Bezos isn't going to be perfect either. But this is a dude that knows the sports space. I talked to John Clark. You know John Clark up in Philly. Mm -hmm. He says... Harris runs everything first class. We need that. Would it be a hell of a pleasant change? <laughs> oh, yeah. And now, whatever questions there were of Harris's liquidity, they're solved. But still, doesn't one person have to put up to 30%, right? Yeah, but maybe he's like, all right, man, I got $2.5 billion available. If I'm going to buy this thing, I got to put down one point nine, but then... The, the Rails boys are like, no sweat, bro. We're then, good. Yeah, then again, <laughs> depending on the price it goes for, it may not be something out there. Because we were thinking six, seven billion. It may not be that high. What if it's five point eight? Yeah, then he got eight. What's thirty percent of five point eight? Lord knows I can't do that math. Five eighty times 1. three. Something like that. Maybe a little bit more. This is good news for the commanders. I'll explain. Why? When we return, don't go anywhere. 58 Foundation and Waterproofing Poll question this morning. I think it's fairly simple. How do you think the commander's sale is going? We gave three options. Mm -hmm. Smooth, like Scotty's handcrafted vodka. Rocky. Like JP's voice. Or Dan will mess it up. Like it normally happens. Seen that I, plenty. I, I listen. I don't know. I think it's somewhere in between smooth and rocky. 
Because I think we're getting a lot of information, but we're not getting a lot of facts about the information. But I still think this thing is moving to the finish line of where it it it, it was said to be going. I'm with you, man. It, it may not be smooth sailing. Like, you get out on the Chesapeake one day in July, a little bit of wind, but that water's glass. Mm-hmm. Hoist that mainsail, and you're just off and running, right? You get out there in October, a little bit of wind, a little bit of chop, bouncing around, a little cold. Mm-hmm. I think you're somewhere in the middle of those two. But yeah. It's a gigantic sail. And it's, it's not that It's simple. not going to just be, uh, the team is up for sale. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Now it's gone. It's not going to be like that. You're going to go through some ups and downs. You know, when you go to, when you go to um, theme parks, do you want to go on a, just a, a roller coaster that just goes straight? Or you want it to have some ups and downs and some loops and things like that? If you are a daring person, you want the loops and all that. It's a lot more fun. The just straight line roller coasters are pathetic. Although the ones with the big ass hills aren't. As I guess that's straight. It's- no, but I'm talking about the hills and ups and downs is what you want. Like, what's the rock and roller coaster thing that is at Disney? I think that fast, boom, boom, you're back. I'm like, all right, that was that was like, but it's not. It was very anticlimactic. What's your favorite roller coaster? Uh, what's the one at uh Wild World? No, no, no. Bush is it Bush Garden? Yeah. Oh, the one you rode with Smoot. <laughs> Smoot Smoot screamed the whole time. Apollo's chariot? No, it's not Apollo's chariot. So my my two favorite It's supposed to be as the fastest one of the fastest in the world. My two favorite roller coasters were the Grizzly at King's Dominion, which I imagine they've torn down because it was old and wooden and kind of shaky. Yeah, I don't like those. And then Rebel Yell, which if they haven't torn it down, they've at least changed the name because that's some some old stuff you can't say anymore. The one but Both the, wooden at King's Dominion. The one that, that said uh, Bush Guard, when that thing takes off, it sounds like a monster. But it, it, I'm, it is flying so much where you feel the G-Force. On every turn, dude. Now, and I was like yelling and having fun, and Smoot was like, oh, I'll never get on this again. <laughs> but then he get off to my man, it wasn't that bad. But I could see his shirt doing this because his heart was beating so damn fast. Is it Alpengeist? No. I'm just reading the rides from. Uh, I, I like that not only he said no, but he said it disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> like, how could you? So <laughs> while, while Landfill tries to figure out Beamish's favorite roller coaster, Invader. I'm going to find it. Griffin? Griffin Dork? Jeff? Loch Ness Monster. The Loch Ness Monster's old. I've ridden that joint. My dad, God bless him, I was too short to get on it, and so he, he tried to trick the guy because we waited in line for like two hours and have me stand on his foot, and the guy was like, sir, you know it's dangerous if he's too short, and so we just waited in line for two hours. I, could, I see why you like you are now. I really got that now. You can only imagine my Pantheon. Dad. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that thing is, bruh. That's the one where it pulls you back in the middle of the ride, right? Like you you go, to go backwards. Over it and then he, it, it, it goes, pulls you right so back. Yeah, that's my, crazy. My daughter is daredevil. She was a flyer and cheer. She wasn't afraid of nothing. She's the one that I'm always riding rides with, Aaliyah. 
after we got off him, she say, I say, Lil, you will go again? She say, Dad, I ain't ever going back on that thing again. So it shook her up. That thing is it, it's, it's beast. So, Jeff. Yes. You wrote that before, Jeff? Yes. I actually wrote it probably like, what, a month or two ago? How are you screaming? Oh no, nah, I wasn't screaming. See, I'm a, I'm a I'm a roller coaster enthusiast. He was screaming, JP. You so can I hear was it. like, "Let's go!" Now it is this one ride at Bush Gardens that made me scream, and that was it's I forgot what it's called, but it's basically like you're, you're standing up. Now nah, you're in a car, like it's like the whole train is a car, and then you go. It's like you're in a jungle, and the ride it gets dark, and we get we stop on the ride. Something touch you. No. Who's touching you, Jeff? The the roller coaster drops down onto another track. So it was my first time on a ride. So when the roller coaster dropped down, I was like, oh, my gosh, is everybody okay? <laughs> I was like, anybody hurt? Anybody injured? Then the, the car just takes off. Everyone was laughing at me on the whole ride back in the station. Apparently, the Rebel Yell at King's Dominion you used to be able to ride it backwards, which was wild is now called Racer 76. I knew they were going to change that name. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, I, let's talk about this sale thing. Because looking at the results of our poll, 58 Foundations and Waterproofing, poll of the day, how do you think the sale is going? Smooth, rocky, Dan will mess it up. And where is it at? Now, I need to go and you tweeted that? Uh, yeah, Landini did. Okay, I'm going to have to go. 20.8% of people think it's going smooth. Mm-hmm. 35% of people think it's going rocky. 44% of people, Dan will mess it up. Yeah. So, Jeffrey, I come to you. You have an amazing amount of Ashburn syndrome, perhaps more than any other. You don't think this team, you don't think Lamar would help this team, which is incredible. Yeah. How do you think the commander's sale is going? Smooth, rocky, or Dan will mess it up? Uh, I would go with. Um, well, I would go with the Rocky side, actually, because if Dan is not letting certain people bid, that's crazy. That Like, that's not right. But have you ever thought that that might be a negotiation ploy, a tactic? Yeah, so I went with that side because I didn't want to go with the same answer as you and say it's, it's in the middle because I honestly think that a lot of this information is just to throw everyone off because – they don't want no real information to leak out, like everything else that has leaked out. You can out. tell the people that I influence you sometimes, Jeff. Come on, man. Stop <laughs> now, acting like you can't, can't believe in other people. I have people. a question for you and for the hundreds of people tweeting me all the time. Why do you care? Why do people care if Dan is limiting? Let, we don't know this. But let's say Dan is legit pushing Bezos out. Say, hey, I don't want your money. I don't want your bid. Mm -hmm. Why do you care, Jeff? Well, and and I don't mean that with any sort of tone. I I don't get why people care. Help me understand. Well, if you look at how Bezos run his company, Amazon, and how that came up and how he built that, what, from his garage, basically— I think he could do the same thing with our organization. I don't know about these other companies. And then come on down and have Jay-Z a part of his team. If that was true, I would like to see that. But I'm I'm a fair guy. 
I don't think I don't care who the owner is. I think everyone should have the opportunity to bid on the franchise. I we don't. Yo, I think like when I look at this situation, if it wasn't the football team that we love, no one would care. If Dan was selling one of his other businesses that has nothing Johnny to do Rockets. with us, nobody gives a damn who buys it. But when it comes down to the, the team, Washington, the franchise that people have grown up loving, they are basically looking at that like, oh, uh, well, why wouldn't you let the person with the most money get it? Because we have been hampered and hindered over the years, and things we've said, we see stadium having issues. We hear about guys not coming or not paying or whatever. So you think it's been a lack of money that has caused a lot of the problems. And they see a guy with all the damn money that you need and you don't want him to come in? That's why I think people get involved with it more. I think that's a fair answer. That makes sense. I I think you also want a dope new stadium. Yeah. And to build it, maybe you want the richest dude on the planet Mm -hmm. or the – Close to richest dude on the planet. Because, I mean, I look at it, and we're on radio, we discuss this thing, and we discuss it at nauseam sometimes. And I think we have to give our opinions about what we feel about things. But to be totally honest with you, ain't my damn money. I don't care who buys the damn team. You know? Now, once they get the team, I want to see them do the proper things to make sure it has a chance of having success. But I could care less. You know, because I think a lot of times we sit here and we go, well, this guy's better. How do we know what those people are? <laughs> we don't. That's why, to me, hair. If you if you go back in time, twenty five years, a really rich, brash, young person was going to come in and spend all the money on the Redskins, and we were like, "Oh, cool, yeah." How'd that go? I think I heard a lot, but a lot of things I had heard then. They've been proven highly leveraged now. money. <laughs> yeah, they've been Not proven. a lot of cash in the bank. So, so I think at this point, people watching how that was. Listen, I sat and talked to a particular person who's very close with Josh, and that person gave me some great ins and outs on how Harris, how this guy's work, how he works, Hold and on. his beliefs. I want you to tell me those when we return. Before we go, I got to tell you about the cloakroom. Nominated multiple times for best overall gentlemen's club in the country. And it just got better. Located 50K Northwest. Cloakroom is the first gentlemen's club in the United States to have its own sports book. You can place wagers at traditional betting windows, kiosks, while you're enjoying the entertainment. And if you're not into that, take the elevator all the way up. Fourth floor. Beautiful year-round climate-controlled sports book and lounge called Over Under. Has a state-of-the-art retractable roof and TVs showing all the games. You know what's coming, Landfill? You know what's coming next weekend? March freaking madness. You know where you can watch all the games? Over under. You know where I'll be Saturday? I talked to Tony this morning. He's going to save me a table. The basketball starts. The second round starts on Saturday around noon. I've already cleared it with my wife. I'm going to hang out there all day. And I'm going to drink beer and bet on college basketball. And I cannot wait. Over under. Check it out. They got drink specials every weekend, cloakroomdc.com. B. Mitchell Finley, 1067 The Fan. Busy day today, man. Jeff Herman's going to join us, talk a little Terps hoops at 1130. Terps take on, I think, Minnesota tonight, 9 o'clock tip. 
Um, I'm just going to be real. I'm going to level with everybody. We are Washington Capitals fans on this radio program, all four of us. I got Caps swag over here. I got Caps logo-looking swag from the Grateful Dog Walkers. We are Caps fans, correct, B? Yeah, we are. But we're also Garnet Hathaway fans. Yeah. We love Garnet. He was on the show with us for a couple of years. They traded him. We understand why they traded him. This is real life. We understand it. We're excited. We get to talk to a new cap today. Yeah. Rasmus Sandin. Sandin. A lot, a lot of excitement about this young player who's already kind of making some noise in just a few games with the Caps. Listen, this is the beginning of a new relationship. Yeah. You you, you get those little butterflies. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited too. to talk to Rasmus later I think today. Rasmus might be making a phone call to the Guardian and say, hey, man, well, how are these guys? Going to say, oh, it's kind of weird. Unlike any interview you ever had. <laughs> And then Peter Rosenberg, of course, we'll talk to you this afternoon, 1.30, and bleep you Thursday at 1 o'clock. I don't know that we're going to get to the phones until 1. So 1 o'clock, prepare yourself. There you all go. Right? Everybody. Um, Just don't bleep us. Yeah, you can bleep me. I don't care. Bless you. A lot of people bleep me. That's kind of my role in the world. That's my cross to bear. Um, Brian, you said you were speaking with somebody that knows Josh Harris well. Mm-hmm. And kind of what he's about. Mm-hmm. Now, I understand that conversations are often in confidence. Yep. But I imagine there's some you could share with us. Well, there's some like the things he was saying. So I, you know, I was talking with him and just trying to find out things about him. And uh, class guy cares about his employees. Understands the ins and outs of this area and also what the team basically needs would be willing to go out and put the money up to make sure things are going to be worked out right. Because understand that you don't get a lot of everyone. Like I always tell you, if we, if I notice that someone is not giving me their best, it's hard for me to give them their mind. You see what I'm saying? Sure. And I think he understands that if these guys aren't getting the absolute best of what they need, the players, the coaches, how do we expect them to give them their absolute best? He understands that. So I, I basically look at a lot of the things that we've been hearing about the team and the, 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 the negatives about it. He's totally opposite of what we've been hearing. That's what someone told me. And the person, I don't expect the person to be lying to me about it. Sure. You know, like we posted the thing about Andy with uh, Eric. So this guy, well, Andy didn't mean what he said. I Very say, how the hell are you going to question somebody you don't even know? So my ultimate thing is when someone knows a person, you know, people normally expect a guy to tell just, just to lie for their friend. If you ask Gil a question about me, he'll tell you every damn thing about me. He'll tell you the good about me. He'll tell you the bad. He'll tell you if you cross me wrong, what you going to deal with. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's what I got about Josh. And it was more, it was like basically a lot of positives about what you can be expecting if he were to become the owner. I think I got a, I got a tweet that I think sums up a good reason why some people are mad about the Bezos thing. If, if in fact Dan is keeping Bezos away, I think people also got to recognize that maybe Bezos just wants to buy the Seahawks where Amazon started and they have a great fan base and a great stadium and top of the line facilities already. Yep. We don't we don't know. People make so many assumptions. But I got this from Scotty. He says, 
I care that Dan's trying to tell people that they can't bid on the team because it makes me nervous that Snyder will try to back out of selling. Or get people in that he's cool with. Where he can still have his little fingers in there. Maybe he wants to keep 5%, give it to his son. Who knows? I mean, there's a million moving parts. Uh, Our boy Nick Turner texted, I care because I think Bezos is the only one with enough cash to jump right into a stadium deal. These other guys are spending a huge percentage of their money just to get the team. So, listen, nobody has the money Bezos does, but I I think people underestimate the money these other guys have. They underestimate the other guy, and they also underestimate the fact that people would be willing to work with the new people, I think, no matter who that new person is. Josh Harris is one of the founders of Apollo Global Management. Their revenues are $7 billion a year. They have $512 billion assets under management. So you can tell me all you want about he's only worth $5 billion. My guess is we have no idea what those numbers really look like. Yeah. The Danaher Corporation, of which the Rails Company, the Rails Brothers, Mitchell Rails, who Schefter is reporting, is joining Harris. <laughs> this is, I don't even, I can't even fathom these numbers, dude. Do you know what the Danaher Corporation revenues were last year, Brian? What they were? Revenues. $31 billion. Hey. So I'm not saying at all that these dudes have the Bezos money. Do you know what the market cap, and Landfill, you're good at this stuff. I don't even know what market cap means. I just know it's a measure of, like, their total valuation. Mm-hmm. You know what the Danaher Corporation market cap is? $181 billion. Mm-hmm. Actually, I should probably round up. $181.81 billion. 182 these dudes can get a stadium done. You know what else these people can do? Because I, I think there's one thing that you don't want to hear, but I'm going to tell you the truth. They're probably going to stay at FedEx a while. That's just the, the reality. Because we could all want RFK and hope and pray. Drive over to RFK. The lease at FedEx runs through 27. Mm-hmm. It, it's March <clears throat> of 23. There's not a shovel in the ground. We went over there. Apparently, it's going to take a year to break down RFK as it is now. They're not allowed to blow it up because there's environmental concerns with the river right there. Mm-hmm. So they have to take it down brick by brick landfill. And all the other stuff that has in gotten inside the stadium that can go around and harm the people in the immediate area. That's a real shame. The best part of a stadium getting demolished is the implosion. The video's cool. Yeah. Yeah, they can't do that. Not yeah. right there. That stinks. Let's, too, too dream scenario. To and we can all pick a different dream. Let's say Jeff wants him to stay at FedEx. Let's say Landfill wants it across the street from his house because we know how you feel about travel. So Landfill wants Loudon. Nope. Okay, fine. What, what would you like, RFK? I'd like it in the middle of nowhere so one day they can implode it. Okay. All right, we're going to remove landfill. He already, he's already passed the stadium being up, put up and people enjoying it. Like he's 50 won- years later or something. All you right, know? landfill's out. Jeff wants to stay in PG. Brian, do you want Virginia or D.C.? You get to pick. D.C. 
Brian wants RFK, and somehow I'm landing as the Virginia guy. <laughs> Give me uh, Alexandria. I think it'd be beautiful on the on the river. We all have three locations, three different jurisdictions. Let's be real. When's the earliest a new stadium is opening doors for fans to come to a football game? Probably 2026, 27. We don't even have land. You, you're going to get the land, deal with the neighbors, deal with the government, and build that thing in three let, let, years? But the thing I'm saying is this, Jay. When the government likes who they're dealing with, they move quick. You'd be amazed how much stuff can start moving if it's somebody different that they're dealing with and they, they want to agree with something. Because they could build this stadium before that lease is up at FedEx. Certainly. Yeah. They can. But we we were told that they're going to take a year to te- – they were given a year to tear it down. You think if they would have given them – Eight months? They couldn't get it torn down in eight months? I think you're going to end up having to stay at FedEx a little longer. I think you make a deal with PG County, who is the only municipality that's been open to making a deal throughout this whole time. Hey, what about 80 mil? We'll put up 20. You put up 60. We'll improve this thing as you develop this Largo corridor. Let's spruce up this old girl while we hunt for our next spot. And maybe we can turn it into... The money we spend allows us to turn this into ball fields for kids down the road. We can convert it when we're done. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of thinking you need. That's the kind of people in, enveloped in this area that will think of that. Yeah. We're talking free agents when we return. Don't go anywhere. Jeff. 